Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Well, we're looking forward to an amazing year. It's going to be quite an interesting roller coaster ride. There are going to be some ups, there are going to be some downs, but it's going to be wild and fun. Because God is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. He said, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. And even in the dark, He's there. Yeah? You know, we just want to say thank you to Eskim for helping to grow our faith. Yeah? Isaiah prophesied, he says, those walking in great darkness have seen a light. And the light of the world is Jesus. You know, we can focus on so many negative things. And it can cause us to get into a downward spiral. I want to encourage us, let's be careful, not just in terms of what we look at, but what we see when we're looking. You see, you can be observing, looking at the same thing that somebody else is looking at, but you can see something different. Because we called to look with the eye of faith. To see things that are not as though they were. And Eskim is providing us an opportunity to learn that. You guys are a tough crowd. You're just getting warmed up. It's the start of the year. I can tell. All right. What I want to do this morning is is speak about transcendent hope. I'm going to start today and I'll come back again next week. I want us to have the understanding that even though we're facing very difficult and challenging times and circumstances, that we look differently at the world around about us and we start out by believing differently on the inside first. If you have a mindset that enlarges and magnifies the devil, you're looking for his fingerprints on everything. But if we have a mindset and a belief system that magnifies Jesus, we're going to be looking to see the impact and the influence of his work in our world. And if you have a belief system that the devil is getting bigger and that the church is getting smaller, you will see something differently because of your belief system. But if you believe that God is working powerfully in our world and that he's coming back in victory and in triumph to a victorious overcoming church, a bride that is beautiful and mature and perfect in every way, you're going to see the beautification of the bride. You're going to see the maturing of the body of Christ and you're going to see the impact and the influence of godly people, righteousness, on the earth. And you're going to be looking and seeing green shoots of change. Hallelujah. Because you are people of faith, you'll be able to see things even as they're beginning to emerge. In December... In our house, we decided to try a little experiment. And that was, we were going to dial back on keeping up to date with what was happening in Ukraine. Because there wasn't a whole lot of stuff we could do about Ukraine. 
but my goodness, it was impacting and influencing the way we were viewing the world. Now, most of you know that I love to keep up to date with what's happening in terms of world events and national events and the tides and the, the things behind the flow of what's going on. And most of you know that uh, I, I don't get a lot of my news from mainstream media. Lisa spoke to me this morning. She said, don't go into any controversial things. So I'm going to try, in honor of my wife, to not step into that area, save to say that there's, there's a whole lot of things that are happening in the world that it depends how you look, what you're going to see. And sometimes you are presented with what you should look at. Move along, there's nothing to see here. Move along, nothing to see here. Move along. Let me distract you over here because there's nothing to... Okay, you know the, the strategies. We decided that we were going to cut back on keeping up to date on some of these world trends. And you know, the amazing thing happened. All of a sudden, the world became a better place. Okay. So, we don't want to be like an ostrich, put our head in the sand. But what we concentrate on and what we focus on is going to be vitally important for 2023. So Paul helped the people at Philippi to do this very thing. And if you would turn with me to Philippians chapter 4, I would appreciate that. In fact, I tell you what, well, you can go to Philippians, but I'm going to give you an extra bonus verse before we get there. Some people have been asking me, so John, you've got this statement that says, the best is yet to come. How can you, how can you say that with all these things that are happening in our world. Like, we see this and we see that, whatever. How can you say the best is yet to come? That's a very good question. And I'm going to try and answer it in a couple of weeks' time. I'm starting now. But I want you to stay with me. Alright? Because we do live in this world... And there are heaps of challenges that we face. We noted that it's going to be a roller coaster year. So I'm not denying that there are problems, that there are challenges, that we've got things that we have to work through and overcome. But how we look at the world around us and how we perceive what's happening on the inside of us are crucial for us to move forward in the purposes and the plans of God. Amen. Peter, um, he, he wasn't a very subtle person, Peter the fisherman. And his boldness and his courage enabled him to experience some amazing things. Yeah? I mean, he performed surgery, I mean, so accurately, he managed to remove a guy's ear <laughs> in such a way that Jesus could just stick it back on again. He walked on water, he went up the Mount of Transfiguration, he... He experienced and he did so many amazing things. And because of walking and living with Jesus and seeing firsthand the miraculous intervention into the impossible situations of his day and his time and how Jesus turned those things around, 
he was filled with hope. So in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15, he says, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. It's like this guy's talking my language. But do this with gentleness and respect. In other words, you must have hope, you should have hope, and you should be able to reason, discuss, and talk with people as to why you have hope and why they should have hope. So I'm prepared to give you an answer. It's going to take me some time, but I'm, I'm going to do my best to try and help you see what I see. Is that okay? All right. Now we can go to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. So Paul's writing, these guys in Philippi facing all kinds of things. It's as though he was writing to us in our day. But he starts off 4 verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord sometimes. Rejoice in the Lord when the power is on. Rejoice in the Lord when the potholes have been patched up. Rejoice in the Lord when the politicians are honest. Rejoice in the Lord when there is no more corruption in the nation. No, rejoice in the Lord always. In other words, our focus internally is not based on our external circumstances. Many believers, unfortunately, reduce God to a divine vending machine. I put in my prayers, say the magic words, in Jesus' name. That's what some people think that that scripture says. It's not actually meaning that, but that's for another day. And then all of a sudden, God must do what I've asked him to do. And it turns the relationship creator created back to front. And it elevates us to the highest place and God must do my bidding. Now let's make sure that we're always living right. He is God and we serve and love him. Right? So it's not based on God's performance and it's not based on circumstance. It's rejoice always. And then Paul makes sure that they got it. He repeats. He said, I will say it again. Come on. This is Father Paul writing to his children. I'm saying it again. Making sure that they didn't miss it. I say it again. Rejoice. Biblically, whenever there's a duplication, whenever something is repeated, it's an amplification and it's to ensure that we understand that God is serious about what he's communicating to us. It's not just in the heart of the author, it's the spirit of the living God who is inspiring the authors to convey what's on God's heart to us through the living word. And so God is making sure we get this rejoice thing by amplifying it, by repeating it. So let us live a lifestyle of rejoicing in 23 Mm-hmm. And we may just find that it becomes 20 free. Freedom in so many areas of our lives. 
I just love the fact that there's this emphasis on Psalm 23. You know, David wrote that not just for funerals. No, he wasn't thinking about funeral services at all when he wrote Psalm 23. He wasn't writing it for those kinds of contexts. He was writing it for living. To give the people of God the understanding that God is our shepherd. He's the good shepherd. He's not a hireling. He even lays down his life for the sheep, Jesus told us. He will chase away the lion and the bear and the wolf. He will make sure that the robber doesn't come in steal. He is the good shepherd. So many things in Psalm 23 that are going to speak to us in this year. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all of the days of my life. I mean, that's just the most remarkable promise because it's not chasing after these things. They're following you. So you're walking like, are you following me again? It's like, goodness is just like, whoa, and mercy. I didn't deserve it, but wow. He lays a table. It's like abundance. Even in the company, the presence of my enemies. Now, don't sit across the table at lunchtime today. No, no, this is family. You're going to sit with family today, not... But even if the enemy is threatening to attack, God will still provide a table for you. It's not just in favorable circumstances that he's able to provide a table. Even when the enemy is trying to attack you, he will still set a table. And it's a table of abundance. I love also the fact that the Lord's been speaking to us about Ebenezer. A a stone, a rock of remembrance. The Lord is my helper. Thus far, the Lord has helped me. You know, as we look back at the last number of years and, and the whole pandemic and all of that stuff. And yet, here we are at the beginning of 20. 23, and we're having to deal with the after effects of abundance. How's your New Year's resolution going? But that's incredible. Even though the world was in so much turmoil, we still were fed abundantly. And now we're dealing with the problems of abundance. (laughs) Ebenezer, Lord, if that's your track record, up to this point, the Lord has been faithful. That's a testimony. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Ebenezer, you are going to be with me in 2023. And the abundance that I experienced Even in the time of turmoil and chaos, Lord, this is just a problem I'm going to have to face. Abundance. Okay. Rejoice. Again, rejoice. Ebenezer. Psalm 23. It doesn't matter what we're going through, we're looking through lenses of rejoicing. We're looking to see what God is doing and looking for the things that we can rejoice about even when there's an enemy around. Oh wow, Lord, there's a table 
even in the presence of my enemies, here's a table. Even if I go through the valley of the shadow of death, you won't leave me. Friends may leave, colleagues may disappoint, all kinds of difficulties that we face, but Lord, you won't leave me. I've got something to rejoice about. Okay? Verse 5. Let your gentleness be evident to, to all. This is so important. Because when we face difficulties, it's so easy for us to turn to rage. But people of the Spirit live differently. Now, I love the fact that we're here gathered as God's people and we're focusing on spiritual things. And it's wonderful on a Sunday that we get to concentrate on these things. But remember, the most important part of the week is not Sunday morning. The most important part of the week is Monday morning through Saturday. Because that's where what you believe is put into practice. That's where it becomes evident. Look, you're sitting in your chair right now, got your Sunday go to church face on, it's looking pretty good right now. You're looking gentle. Yeah? But on Monday morning, when there's load shedding, the kids forgot to do their homework. They forgot to tell you about a project that you were supposed to help them with. Not. And you late, flat tire. When you change the tire, you notice that Petrol is E for enough. <laughs> now you've got to spend extra time to go and fill up with fuel. The toast was burnt. Kids forgot their lunchbox that you spent ages preparing and they left it on the kitchen counter. And then only, only halfway to school, they said, oh, by the way, we've got this thing off to school. You need to fetch me at a different... And then, all the traffic lights are out. And then the taxis make a fifth lane where there only are three. That is when this verse applies. Let your gentleness be evident to all who are in the car with you. <laughs> what are you teaching your kids? What are you teaching people in the lift club, whatever it is? And let your gentleness be evident to the taxi drivers. No Hawaiian good luck signs or any of that stuff. <laughs> Smile and wave. You see, we can talk nice spiritual things when we gathered here. But on Monday morning, what's the reality? And these things were written for Monday morning. Not for Sunday morning only. Are we okay with this? Alright. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Ooh, he's watching you. Well, that's not really the, the context. The context, actually, <laughs> he's coming back soon. He's coming back soon. And you know, Paul wrote this nearly 2,000 years ago. Jesus soon, then, is he soon now? It's still soon. In other words, we live in such a way that his appearing is soon. Which means, well, so I had to spend money 
buying another tire because I went through another pothole and didn't survive or the kids were sick and I had to get some medication or something happened unexpectedly or have you seen the price of fuel and the generator that I'm running many more hours than I'd planned to is chewing through my budget and we can get so upset about these temporal things as though they were of eternal significance. And Paul's just saying, come on, let's get the balance right. These are light, momentary, temporary things. He's near. Don't get so caught up on all these things. Live with the right balance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Verse 6, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. Be happy. When we live with consciousness of eternity, it changes the perspective internally, which then enables us to see differently the things we're looking at. If I'm so focused on the things of this world, for example, the war in Ukraine, which I can do nothing about really, but I become so consumed with anxiety and stress and pressure that I actually get all churned up on the inside and I get filled with anxiety. It's like noise interference that begins to impact my ability to hear his voice. And I'm not hearing him as clearly as I ought to because I'm being anxious about everything else instead of focusing on living a life to please him. So while I'm in the situation, I'm looking for things to be thankful for. Now listen, I'm not thanking God for the taxi that just drove into the side of me. That would be nuts. I don't think Paul's saying that. But in that whole thing, look for God's fingerprints that you can give him thanks. Right? And then in that situation, with prayer, petition, make your requests known. In other words, internally, Hold on to the truth. You're not a victim. You're a victor. He's the victorious one. And because we're in him, we too are victorious. Yes, we're facing all these things, but I'm not a victim of circumstance. And I know something a little bit different. I know that he's the king of kings. the Lord of Lords. I know he's the all-powerful one. And I know that he can change things. And I know that he is working. He's working in my life. He's working in my family. He's working in my finances. He's working in my health. He's working in my relationships. He's working in the city. He's working in this nation. He's working in this world. He's working. And... He gave us this prayer to pray. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed, honored, magnified, glorified, praised, worshipped, be your name. May and let your kingdom come. Your will be done in heaven as it is in heaven.
The prayer is on earth as it is in heaven. You see, that's got to be a bit of a clue as to how we're going to be answering this question. Because we do not yet see everything in submission and under his feet. But we will, scripture promises. So we know that what we're facing right now is the interlude between what he said and what will be. Because we do not yet see fully manifested the rule and the reign of the kingdom of God on this earth. On earth as it is in heaven. All right. And so because we see the chaos and the turmoil and the mess around us, even with eyes of thanksgiving, not being anxious about anything, we still pray that it will change. Because I'm not a victim and I don't have to say, well, this is okay. No, it's not. We stand up in faith. We say we do not agree with these circumstances. So now with faith, we begin to pray and we begin to shift and push these things in the realm of the spirit until change happens. Shift is going to take place. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard, it will protect your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. We just had the most amazing time around Christmas of celebrating Emmanuel, God with us. And when the angels declared the glory of God, this is the most amazing, spectacular light and sound show. These shepherds, I mean, they'd never even been to the theater before. It's kind of like, oh my goodness. And in the proclamation, peace on earth and goodwill to mankind. Yes? Peace on earth. Jesus came as the prince of peace to usher in the rule and the reign of the king of kings, his kingdom, which will have no end. And so we're praying that his peace would continue to increase, invade, permeate, change our world, our family's world, our street, our neighborhood, our city, etc. So peace starts here because the Prince of Peace lives within. Therefore, do not be anxious about anything, but pray. We're praying from a place of peace, not from a place of anxiety. Not being stressed out about all these things, many of them that we can't do anything about. But the peace of God, it transcends. Some translations talk about it surpasses earthly knowledge. In other words, there are factors in the natural that would want to say to you, it's going to remain chaos for a long time to come. So you better be worried about it. Like load shedding probably with us for the next decade. So I want you to be afraid. I want you to be filled with anxiety and stress and strain. And the the world's coming to, you know, more levels of chaos than we've ever known before. Now I can give you lots of facts as to why you should be very depressed. I can tell you what's going on in the economy. I can tell you what's going on with some of the government departments. I can tell you what's happening with some of the world affairs. I can tell you what's really going on with, with Eskim, etc., etc. 
All right. Now, how is that going to help you? Because I would be feeding anxiety and fear and discouragement. And I would be stealing your peace. But as believers, we choose where we focus. And we're careful as to how we see what we're looking at. So yes, there are these things that are taking place, but God, what are you doing in my life in the circumstance? Because he, according to the book of Acts, he chose the time and the place of my birth. And he doesn't make a mistake. So he knew that we would be here for such a time as this. And he's arranged circumstances perfectly in order to bring about his nature and character, Christ-likeness inside of me. And he's made me in such a way that my character, personality, my likes and dislikes responds perfectly to the stimuli around me. That the rough edges might be sandpapered off. Iron sharpens iron. All of these things are working together for his good in my life. Got another couple of verses for you. But this thing of transcending understanding. This peace of God is not because circumstances around you are peaceful. It goes beyond human reasoning. It goes beyond all of the factors that I could put on the table as to why you should be in full-blown panic. But God wants us to tap into something that is above the facts and the status quo. Because we will not be able to bring about the change that the sons and the daughters of light are called to bring about if we want to gravitate to the dark side, filled with fear and anxiety. We to be sons and daughters of light, and we're looking to the light of the world, and we're allowing His light to shine into our hearts, and a glory to be seen and revealed to us and then through us. transcends human understanding, transcendent. Next week I hope to come and tidy up some of these scriptures, but linking not just transcendent peace, but transcendent hope. Because our hope transcends the hopelessness of this world. It's like there are two, two choices here. Hopeless, hopeful. That's it. It's one or the other. What are you going to choose? Hopeless? Oh, let's all give up. You know, let's try and find another place we can go to. Until we realize that the only reason that the grass is greener on the other side the fertilizer. <laughs> from afar it looks nice, but it's far from nice. Hopeless or hopeful? I believe the Spirit wants us to step into hopefulness and to live hopeful lives. Because when we live hopeful lives, we're looking to see what he's doing, and then we cooperate, we partner with what he's doing, and we see that acceleration, that shift, begin to take place. Finally, brothers and sisters, in verse eight, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. It's kind of like, you know what? Turn off 
the news if it's not going to cause you to think in these ways. Put that WhatsApp group on mute if it's going to cause you to be all worried about you know, the next petrol tanker or gas tanker that's going to explode on a bridge near you. Right? As tragic as that is, but if that becomes the major point of our focus is going to cause us to have blurry vision when it comes to the things of God. Because we are fine-tuning our eyesight into the activity that is negative. Some, some of that stuff, it's the work of the enemy. Some of the stuff, it's just the work of fallen humanity. Sometimes it's just people being caught in the crossfire of the war. I'm not talking about Ukraine, I'm just talking about you know, we're in war. There's an enemy. But he's going to be defeated. Verse 9, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. The whole point is to put these things into practice. If you want peace, you have to put these things into practice. Again, it's not just about, hey, Sunday morning, have a great time. It's about putting these things into practice on Monday morning that the God of peace will be with us. When we're choosing, as we're going through all of the issues that I mentioned earlier, that we choose to live in peace and in hope and in rejoicing and in faith that the God of peace is with us but we've got to put them into practice. Okay. Romans, verse five, Romans chapter 5, the first five verses. Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, let us have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we, or let us, boast in the hope of the glory of God. We boast, we are so thrilled, we so caught up, we so enamored that we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Can you give me a reason for your hope? Peter says, be ready to give an explanation. Hey, I've got so much hope in God that I'm actually boasting in Him. And I'm in the glory of God. You see, when I was a tiny little chap in church, they used all these big words and I didn't really know what they meant. It sounded like a really nice church word, glory. But what is glory? So glory is the, the revelation or the manifestation. It's the invisible God making himself visible. It's the, the outshining God is light. It's the shining, it's the outshining, it's the display, the manifestation of who God is, his nature, his character, the, the core essence of his goodness, of who he is, is revealed into this world from the invisible to the visible, and that display of who he is is glory. And so this display of his goodness and his, his beauty and his magnificence is being revealed in the earth. And because of this, we have such great hope. It means that who God is in the heavenly, supernatural, invisible realm is breaking into this natural, visible world. And more and more, we're going to see more of God being revealed on the earth. And this is the hope that we have. This is extraordinary stuff, yeah? Not only so, but let us also glory in our sufferings. <laughs> because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. 
because God's love has been poured out into us through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. This roller coaster that we're on in 23, the challenges and the difficulties that we're facing, God's at work. His glory is going to be seen in you and through you. In the difficulty and the circumstance that you push through with perseverance, character, hope will cause those around you to get an infusion of hope because they can see something of the God nature being released and revealed in you and through you. It's kind of like, why have you got so much hope? Oh, don't worry. At the beginning of the year, they prepared us to be able to give an answer as to why we would have hope. I studied for the test. I can do this. Because God's love. Yeah. So Romans 15 verse 13 as we bring this to a landing. Romans 15 and verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't this remarkable? So many things here that, you know, being woven together, this thing of joy, rejoicing, and I say again, rejoice. Peace, hope, woven together. And of course we know the big three. Many of us are familiar with the big five, but in the Bible we have the big three. And these three remain, faith, hope, and love. So we're seeing how the Holy Spirit pulls all these different threads together to craft this beautiful tapestry of how we're supposed to live and face load shedding, interest rate hikes, Inflation, corruption, potholes, naughty teenagers, health challenges, financial difficulty, disappointments, your sports team, (laughs) or whatever it is. In all of these things, God's really big. He's really big and he's got you. It's not like he's taken a lunch break for a thousand years. It's like, where are you, God? No, he's right here. He's near. He's involved. And he's busy working in you in and through these circumstances. But... Not only that, and we'll come to this next week. He's using us to then bring the shift and the change in the environment so that this world looks like his heaven. That's why we don't yet see it. But we know things won't stay the same. They have to change. Because every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. There's going to be a shift and a change. A lot of it is going to happen in this world. A lot. Okay. All right. I think I better end there. Even with the clock that stopped, Daryl, Still not enough time. It's all right. You've chosen a good year to be alive. You've chosen a good year to serve Him.
he's chosen you for a good year. And these things are coming together in the most glorious way. It's going to cause you to look and see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen. Amen. Can I invite you to stand? Are you ready for 2023? Good, because he's ready. He's been waiting for this year for a long time because he's gonna do extraordinary things in and through his people as his bride rises in maturity, in stature, in fullness, in authority, in power, in righteousness to reflect him more accurately in this world. Oh, it's going to be a good year. So may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. amen.